0: You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simpilox, your host. Let's talk some TCU athletics and let's talk TCU football today as we uh, gear up and get ready for a football season in the fall. We're going to continue our kind of position-by-position breakdowns. We're going to move on to the defense today. We'll look at the secondary and also the defensive line, kind of where they are um, defensively with those positions. And in the secondary, I mean, this team is set up pretty well. Now, I will say, in in Gary Patterson's media availability um, earlier this week when he was talking about spring football, uh, there are a lot of players on defense in general that are out, but a ton of players in the secondary Um, that aren't playing right now. Uh, Travis Hodges, Tomlinson injured. Noah Daniels injured. They they have a a number of guys out at that safety position. So it's unfortunate these guys aren't getting work. Now, it it doesn't change the level of optimism for me as long as everybody's going to be ready for the fall because all those players that are out played well. And I mean, I think there's a good chance that they're not going to suffer huge setbacks even without uh, getting time in the spring. But it is something to note. Is that they're not getting to play right now during spring practice. But overall, uh, you know, the big question is going to be who steps up and takes the reins at that safety position with Trayvon Merrigan or Darius Washington uh, being most likely day one or day two draft picks. Now, one of the more interesting names uh, that's going to come up is going to be TJ Carter, who was the transfer from Memphis, and he played mostly corner. At Memphis, but he's also played some safety as well. And on uh gofrogs.com, the team website where the roster is, he's listed as a safety. He's 5'11, 190 pounds. He played a lot of football at Memphis. He's a grad transfer, so he's gonna come over and hopefully be able to go right away. So that'll be a name to look out for kind of in the back end of that defense. Also Josh Foster, the uh, quarterback in high school at Newton. He played some when uh those guys were banged up last year. He had an interception in that K-State game. You know, he's a a typical Gary Patterson recruit in that he was an offensive player in high school. He's making that transition to defense. He knows how to make plays on the ball. He knows how to um, make things happen in space. So I think his speed and athleticism and ability to make plays on the ball is going to be a huge asset for this team. Uh, Nook Bradford, who has played, played actually a lot more as a freshman, it seemed like and then came in at times as a sophomore as well. Uh, I think he'll have a bigger, bigger role. Uh, LeKendrick Van Zant, big hitter. I, I think for him, the deal is, can you break down? Can you make tackles in space? Uh, and, and do you understand exactly what your responsibilities are going to be? Because Van Zant could get lost a little bit in coverage from time to time, or he could go for that big hit in space and then have someone run past him uh, for a long, long you know, completion or a, a big play because I just didn't think he was breaking down and making those sure tackles when he could. So those are some of the names to know at safety. It, it's obviously going to be a big drop-off and, and maybe a bigger transition than we can even kind of picture in our mind right now because I, I feel like Merrigan Washington did a lot of things that just sort of went unnoticed, and they played the position very well. They understood their responsibilities. So you, you sort of lost that they were even back there. You didn't think about it. It wasn't something that you had to worry about. You just knew those safety positions were going to be held down and held down well because those guys always played you know, good, smart football. So it, it's going to be different with, uh, with some new blood in there, with some new players in there, some younger guys. We'll see how that plays out at the corner position though. I really think you have, you have an embarrassment of riches. I mean, Noah Daniels was really, really good when he was on the field last year before he got hurt. Uh, Keon Stewart is a valuable player. He's gonna be a junior. Uh, And you know, he was great before he went down for the season. And then you have Travis Hodges Tomlinson, who was one of the better corners in the country um, when he moved into that number one role. So now you, you sort of shuffle things around. Could you, you put CHT in that outside corner position as, as the number one guy, you could also see Noah Daniels there. I think Stewart and someone like CJ Caesar, even though CJ struggled at times, those are good depth pieces to have. And If you do have more injuries, uh, then he's someone you can cycle in and still feel pretty good about where you're at. The exciting thing about this, though, is Keontae Jenkins is another player, a big-time recruit. He's another one that Gary mentioned that was hurt right now. But uh, as a redshirt freshman, I I expect and hope that he's going to come in and and make things happen and make plays this year. Uh, They got a lot of guys that they can go to, which is huge because you're going to need those kinds of, of players on that outside that can lock up in coverage. But... The good news is, can, can this defense get back to doing what they want to do, which is using those corners on the island to make plays and then being able to have an effective pass rush, be aggressive, bring blitzes from different angles, because you know the guys on the outside are going to lock up. Another, another player at the safety position, a young player that I kind of forgot about, Bud Clark. He's another highly rated recruit that you hope can come in and make plays. So there's a lot of young talent at that safety position. I think there's a lot more experienced talent at the corner spot. And you also have some young guys there that can come in and play. This is, to me, the biggest reason for optimism in 2021, aside from, you know, the, the skill guys you have on offense. It's that you have the makings of a lockdown, um, no-fly zone type of secondary that can breakup passes, force turnovers, and give you the confidence to be aggressive on defense because you know in the back end they're going to hold up their end of the bargain. And honestly, it's been a little while since every aspect of that secondary has kind of come together and uh, played up to expectations. But I think this might be the year that they do it with experienced good players at the corner position and some good young talent at the safety position that I, I believe will only get better as the year goes on. We'll come back and talk about the defensive line. Before we do that, though, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar, I tell you before, it's the most delicious protein bar on earth. It's great. It's wonderful. I love having it as a snack. I had one for breakfast this morning. And um, They sent me a new flavor that I really enjoy. It's called Churro Marshmallow. So you can go order that today if you're curious about giving Built Bar a try. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off your next order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. Promo code is LOCKEDON20 for 20% off your next order. Go to BuiltBar.com today. They also have Built Bar Madness going on on the website or on their Built Bar Twitter account where you can vote on what is your favorite flavor my favorite flavor is coconut brownie. They didn't put that in the bracket. I'm still kind of salty about it, but it's a great company and they produce uh, great food and it's good for you. It's good fuel for your body. Builtbar.com. Try it today. Locked on Frogs segment two coming your way. So let's get into the defensive line now. And this was a unit last year that early in the season was one of the weakest units on the team. And felt like, man, they really can't get to the they can't get home. They can't get to the quarterback. There's some big issues here. It's holding the defense back. But as the year went on, you saw them get better. And I I think part of that, to, to be frank about it, was the level of competition. They did their best work against Texas Tech and Baylor and Kansas. But also had a pretty good game against Oklahoma State. And the edge rushers got more consistent as the year went on. Kyrie Coleman is the guy that I'm most excited about. I mean, he is explosive. He now has a full off season to kind of get ready to go, get his strength and, and conditioning in order, get bigger. And he just makes plays off the edge. He's so quick and fast. He can get there in a hurry. O'Shawn Mathis is, is starting to become the guy that we thought he could be. And it, it, it's fun to watch him play. He's big, physical. He got to the quarterback a, a number of times last year, especially late in the season. Kenny Terrier is an exciting name from Central Florida. He's shown the ability to get to the passer in the past. So it's another player you can, you know, plug in there at a certain time, see if he can get there. You know, Colt Ellison provides you some depth. There are some, some names at a defensive end position that are exciting. But I I think the biggest question or the what's going to tell us, hey, is this unit going to take a, a step up? A step forward in 2021 comes down to what, what's Coleman's development look like? Is he still the guy that he was his freshman year? Is he even better? Is he more explosive? Is he stronger? Can he start to bull rush some players uh, 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 as well as getting off the edge and just getting off the line in a hurry and beating those tackles to the spot? O'Shawn oh, Mathis, does he continue kind of his upward trajectory? And I, I know Oshan's a really good run stopper, but we're mainly talking about pass rushing here with our, with the DNs. You have to have that run support as well. These are these are edge rushers though, guys. You want to get after the passer in the Big Twelve, I think that really is the most important thing. And then can Terrier give you something? Can he can he give you some added depth? Um, as someone who can go get five or six sacks a game himself. So, those three guys are who I think you focus in on as, hey, can these players step up and make plays? in that defensive tackle position, Corey Bethley coming off injury, he's back for another season. You know, he's going to be solid if he can stay healthy. Terrell Cooper is another player. Junior Lindale has played for a long time. But some of these younger guys came in late in the year. Earl Bacchette, who's a sophomore from Louisiana. Um, Patrick Jenkins, Quez Sorles all, all these players made huge impacts, and their biggest impact was in that Baylor game. Even in the second half, you started to see them get pressure inside. And if you can get any sort of pass rush from your inside interior players, that's huge. I, I mean, that really is the fastest way to just blow a game up is if they can't, if the center and the guards can't block the guys in the A and B gaps, if, if they can't reestablish the line of scrimmage and push those players back and give your quarterback a clean pocket and give your running back a chance to get, you know, bounce things outside or get between the tackles, then you can really, really disrupt an offense. So for those guys, who out of the, those younger players that I mentioned steps up and joins Bethley as as kind of the uh, the, the disruptors in the interior? And when you're playing a four man front, you you have to have those defensive tackles pushing up field, reestablishing the line of scrimmage, getting in the backfield and making plays because that's what allows your linebackers to run free. I mean, especially you know a guy like D. Winters who. Is fast, fast, fast. You don't want guards and tackles getting up to the second level and getting their hands on him. And part of that's can he read and react and avoid them? But the bigger part of that is can these defensive tackles that are, you know, playing in ones and three techniques, can they uh, adhere to their responsibilities and make it difficult? For O lineman to you know get up the next level and feel comfortable about being up there and and trying to to clear out things at the second level of the defense. So I I think there's reason to be hopeful for the the D line. Again, it wasn't it wasn't super consistent early in the year. It was tough, and I, I do believe that the test is going to be can you make hay against some of those better offensive lines in the conference, like Iowa State, like Texas, like Oklahoma. I know they can rush the passer against Kansas. And, I mean, for the last five or six years, Baylor's offensive line has been a disaster. I think that's a big reason why TCU's had their number for a while. Uh, Texas Tech, similar, you know. Up front, they're just not very good. They're not solid. So I know you can make plays against those teams. I know you can... um, disrupt their offenses and make it a long day. But against the better O-lines in the conference, can you hold up your end of the bargain and get to the passer? Because if you have a good pass rush along with this secondary that I think is going to be really good, then you have the makings of a, of a great defense. And then, you know, in the run game, again, that was early in the year. There were a lot of explosive plays. I, I think as the year continued – it got better. They were able to sure that up. I would have loved to see them against, you know, an SEC offensive line like Arkansas in that bowl game, but we all know what happened there. And, hey, that's just uh, that's just how it is. But that's your your defensive line preview. Tomorrow we'll talk about the linebackers. But uh, before we close up shop here, I wanted to mention betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness, it's in full swing. Sweet 16 coming up. And if you feel like, man, I missed out on my chance to make some money during the first couple rounds, well, it's not too late. Go ahead and and join now and and make sure that you have the advice you need for the Sweet 16. Like, get after it and make some good picks in the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8 and make some money today. BetOnline.ag. They have all the latest lines, prop bets, everything you need to know going into college basketball postseason. When college football rolls back around, They'll be your one-stop shop for all that news. Major League Baseball coming back here in about a week. Uh, hockey's in full swing. Lee, uh, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. He runs the show. He does a great job. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today. Lockdown on Frogs final segment on this Wednesday. Just want to let you know on tomorrow's show. We'll continue our spring football preview. Uh, we'll talk about the linebackers. And speaking of linebackers, a linebacker that is on his way to the NFL I'll let you hear a little bit from Garrett Wallow from his Pro Day workout last week. So we'll let you hear that audio. And then uh, we'll get a little bit into this this weekend series coming up. Baylor and TCU on Friday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The Bears facing off in baseball. We'll cover all that. That's tomorrow. But this has been your Wednesday edition of Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.